Hi, we're Cardigan Academy, your helpers for all things mental health, parenting, and education. Today we have a question from a listener who has recently gone through a faith deconstruction. If you have a situation you'd like our therapist and teacher advice on, you can submit your letter at cardiganacademy.com. Dear Cardigan Academy, I've recently gone through a faith deconstruction that included leaving the religion in which I was raised. I've personally never been happier and have zero regrets or doubts about my decision. However, my family of origin and extended family members through marriage are very disappointed in my decision and I feel the strain in our relationship. I know what they're thinking of me because I used to be on that side of things, but they don't really understand how I'm feeling. It's lonely and isolating and hard. Any tips for navigating this? Ugh, not all who wander are lost. Yeah, this is super relatable. <laughs> Just the, yeah, the faith deconstruction, the, the zero regrets. Like, I'm really, really happy. And along with that, it's like we always say, this can coexist with the seemingly contradictory thing. I am very happy. I have no regrets. And... I do recognize it's not easy for my extended family members. It pains me that they, I know what they're thinking, just like this person said, um, because I used to be on, in that situation. So I, I understand it's a feeling of like, oh no, you've left, you're lost, you're doing the wrong thing. You know, it's like a, maybe some pity and sadness and grief and these different things that I'm not feeling now that I've left, but I do understand that they are feeling through their belief system and worldview. And I can relate to um, just being very aware that they're, that they're disappointed. Uh, I know for myself, as time goes on, it gets easier. It's very, very difficult at first when they first hear about this big life change. Um, I I've talked to some people who it feels to their parents like they've like like their kids are tossing aside in the parents' mind a gift that they've given them, and it might feel like a rejection. And this, for me, I think what we talk about in our parenting classes resonates here. Is I've thought about this even with my own children. I'm raising my kids in a way that you know. I, we have principles. I, I, I sincerely hope they are always good, kind, empathetic people who know themselves and know how to navigate life, you know, but I, I don't know that I, I don't, I don't really pin certain expectations on them of what they will or won't believe what I really want for them. And I think this does come from having gone through a faith deconstruction myself what I want for them is to be true to themselves. I, I want for them to do what's right for them because had I stayed just to please family, I would have been miserable. And I don't want my kids to feel miserable 
in some attempt to placate me or appease things? Yeah, it reminds me of when we talk about boundaries. And we had this conversation this week in a mini group where our job is to set the boundary and maintain it. The other person's reaction is not on us. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we aren't going to have emotions about it because that can sound a little like just let it go. And that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you've made this life altering decision and you know you're happier. And so as you navigate these conversations with them, whether they're saying things outright or you know they're thinking it, it's like you have to reconstruct your views on (laughs) judgment and Mm -hmm. responsibility for someone else's emotions in addition to leaving the religion, right? Did you find that? Did you find that you judged less when you left and inherent in doing so is like, who you are changes in a way that you can hold more space for allowing people to be to believe differently yes but they are not doing that because they feel like you need to be saved yeah i 100 percent have experienced that and i've talked to others who have also experienced that i think it especially happens when the religion that you have left is has a lot of rules is very organized or has it's more dogmatic because in the more dogmatic religions, there's a lot of very prescribed worldviews and beliefs. Like this is what is, this is, you know, there's there's this one way and this is the way. And so when you have a lot, I've always thought this, even in my church going days, I, I learning, it was very interesting going to graduate school and learning about mental health while also at that time still being in a very organized religion. And there was such a juxtaposition of the two and being that the religion I was raised in was a, a, a Judeo-Christian based, you know, it, it is in the Christian tradition. It was very interesting to me that the, the, the Jesus that we were taught about so much in church, where there were all these rules and things I was really seeing in these social work, you know, ways of more like, acceptance of the LGBTQ community instead of condemnation, or um, how can we help those who are less fortunate? Like we say that at church, but I was seeing it in action, but it wasn't religious based. So then there's that, that new, new to some people who are very involved in their religion that you can be kind even without religion. Cause sometimes there's this thought that if you leave religion, how will you know what, how to do what's right? but there is a basic morality that we all have in our world and as humans. And when I was in church, I noticed, oh, there's all these rules, right? You know, how you can, it, the one, the religion, I, I was raised Mormon and there's a lot of, you know, what you can wear, what you can say or not say or eat. There's no drinking alcohol. There's no coffee. There's no tea. <laughs> People are always like astounded when they learn all these things. And there, it's not to say there's anything wrong with those things, but by the very nature of them, they are all external. You can see someone's clothes. You can smell if they smoked a cigarette. You can, you know, you can see these things. Mm-hmm. And even in a religion that teaches, you know, God looks at the heart. Being in a place with so many rules, I did notice people were very heightened to those who were not following those rules. Like, oh, look, that woman's shirt is sleeveless, so she's not really, you know, it was that sort of thing. And I, I have noticed getting away from that, that there's way less judgment. At, I mean, far more acceptance of 
it's stuff like I don't even notice now. Like I would be hyper aware because it is a very, um, it is a very patriarchal kind of like, you know, you get married and no sex before marriage. And so when I was going to church, I was very aware of someone who was quote unquote, you know, living together out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of just don't even really notice it it's just this is just my friend you know and it just is there's way less judgment I remember you're triggering a memory of me for me I was raised Catholic and I was at CCD probably late elementary early middle school chewing gum (laughs) and my CCD teacher was like horrified that I was chewing gum because you're not supposed to do that before you take communion oh this was a rule I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm making the connection now, and we've talked about this, where I get very upset by rules that I don't know. Like that sinking feeling in your stomach that you've done something wrong that you didn't even know was a rule. And I left my religion soon after that. So I wonder if it wasn't like some sort of this, like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm here doing, quote unquote, <laughs> the right thing, and yep. you're going to get on me about chewing gum. Forget the whole yes. thing, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So now like domino effects because it's triggering for me an experience I had in sixth grade that I was, the, I remember I was sitting at my desk. The teacher was sort of over my shoulder helping me with, I think it was math, but something that I hadn't gotten right. And I said, oh, okay. I see it. I screwed up. And she was horrified. And she looked at me and she said, don't say that. And I thought, I didn't even know what I'd said. And I was like trying to think like, what did, did she hear me wrong? And I was like, oh, I was just saying like, I screwed this part up. And she's like, stop saying it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm saying wrong. Like, I didn't know. And I, I still didn't know. So I'm getting in trouble. I was 12. I didn't know that for some people, there's like a sexual connotation because of the word, you know, screw. Yeah. I was saying I messed up. I was 12. And this horrified reaction had me absolutely mystified. Like, I <laughs> what did I do? I thought, you know, are we talking about math anymore? <laughs> yeah, I think this come this goes into parenting then too, where like, we always are talking about approaching stuff with curiosity. Mm-hmm. So the minute you come in hard on someone because of something they did or didn't do, and don't start with, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Or, huh, what's that about? Like, just, yeah. A, yeah. Even within yourself, right? Mm-hmm why am I so bothered by this thing? Because here is a child that to them, yeah, doing it to be disrespectful in any way. And, and we both truly have solidly burned memories of times where we <laughs> screwed up. I'm going to say it. Gasp. And because it's more about how it made us feel than mm-hmm. whatever we were, quote unquote, doing wrong. Yeah. And I honestly, in that moment, didn't know and didn't know for a long time. It was almost more later after the fact, like, oh, see some people like, oh, geez, I didn't even know, you know. Um, I'm also thinking, you know, this person wraps up by saying, you know, they don't really understand how I'm feeling. It's lonely and isolating and hard. Any tips for navigating this? And I loved earlier when you mentioned boundaries. With some family members, it can be a hard and fast I don't think we should talk about this because maybe it always turns into an argument or becomes contentious because we're not hearing each other or because our relationship already is contentious or whatever that may be. So you might need some strong boundaries like that. 
which also makes me think those boundaries, you put those boundaries in place because you care to have a relationship with this person and you know that this is upsetting. So mm -hmm. you put that there. The other thing it makes me think of and an answer to this person is how very important it is to have emotionally safe people in your life. And this is something we say a lot and there's a reason. It is that important. So when I think about the people with whom I can talk so openly about what I believe and what I don't believe and what I think and my journey, you know, leaving religion and the people that I can speak with very openly without feeling like, oh, shoot, are they going to think this? Are they going to say this? Is this going to turn into a thing? Those are my emotionally safe people. That's not to say they agree with everything I say or that they believe the same. Maybe they believe very differently because I, I actually have friends who are Mormon and we are very close friends and have fantastic conversations. And I can talk very openly and say things like, yep, that's one of the reasons I left the church. And my friend knows I'm not it's not about her. Yeah, I'm not judging yeah. her at all. And she can also very off, very casually say, oh, and when I was at church last week, this, this, this. And I'm also not judging because we love each other. Mm -hmm. It's it, Our love is not based on what religion anybody is or isn't. So there's just, there's no judgment. It's just never been an issue. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, I really admire that about this, this one friend I have in mind is that it's not an issue that she, she loves me and that really has nothing to do with it. It's, it's not even part of the equation. She loves me for me and it doesn't impede us in any way. So whether the people are still members of that faith from which you've deconstructed or not, the question, is this an emotionally safe person? Is this someone I can be real with? I can be vulnerable with? I can be heard and seen and loved for who I am. Th that's what makes all the difference in navigating that hard and isolating part. And also some aspects of the extended family thing. I think that some aspects are just gonna maybe always be tricky, especially if you're in the minority. So if everyone in the family is that religion and there's a big get together with everyone and it's just you know you that has left you're gonna feel like the odd man out like it's even if everyone's super nice there's still going to be like a sense about it and i do think i've seen a lot of people go through that and it's hard and the thing i see that helps them is talking to other people and hey walk me through this and be thinking of me and i what should i do and people give them some ideas of how to navigate that in a way that they can enjoy the experience as well as they can um, and I think if anyone's listening who is in the religion and maybe they're on the other side of this, you know, they're in it and their kids have left or someone has left is just sort of, as we say, zooming out, you know, looking at your relationship with your child in and of itself, even though I know there are strong religious implications, like in Mormonism, there's the sense of like, we are together forever and you know, you're, you are bound to each other. And if somebody leaves, they break that chain. So there's a really um, heartbreaking pain for many of them. And I, honestly, that it upsets me that that pain is there. I feel bad that that pain exists because of that belief. It's, it's hurtful. I feel bad that my extended family members are hurting. Um, but yeah, I think just, the, again, community of emotionally safe people, that makes such a big difference, especially if you are feeling 
lonely and isolated. And if you do have an emotionally safe relationship with a family member who is still in the religion, hopefully you can talk about it in a way that no one takes anything personally. Because the truth is, no one really does makes that big of a life decision as any kind of commentary on their parents. They're not, if they're leaving a religion that was important to them, they're not doing it to spite their parents or to get back at them. They're doing it because of what they believe or don't believe or how they feel or who they are. And, and also it may hurt the parents, but that's not why they're doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. They wouldn't make the decision lately. And so whether you're the parent that's struggling, because we have people say that a lot. They're mm -hmm. listening and they're on the other side of things, mm -hmm. right? I'm imagining that and thinking if I did the zoom out that you're describing, there's, it's like nesting dolls, <laughs> right? There's the relationship with my child and within that there's their relationship with this religion. And mm -hmm. sure, I'd like to both to be contained within one, but I'm not going to trade one for the mm -hmm. other. From the person that wrote the letter, I think it applies to this and it applies to other things that people have gone through that when you're setting a boundary you, you can say it as i'm telling you that i'm not willing to talk about this or do this in order to maintain a relationship with you mm -hmm. because that relationship is still important to me yeah. and so in order for us to still have a relationship mm -hmm. we need to not be talking about this specific subject. And if you're not okay with that, then that tells me that you're not prioritizing our relationship over yes. whatever the subject is. Yes. And and kids and kids including adult kids sense that. They sense that is our relationship more important or is your belief system more important? We know, we feel it. We know when we've been on the other side, so hopefully the relationship is more important. This also makes me think about our what we talk about often in the circle of support. So if in in this situation, like the, you just gave, if the parent is looking to maintain a relationship and have a good relationship and they, and also have sadness about their child's decision, which they are entitled to have, mm -hmm. the trick is don't go to your child with that sadness, Right. reach outward. Don't go to that. Go talk to your therapist, talk to your church leader talk to your friends that are in church and you should have that support they also need that support you know mm -hmm. but that's not don't put that on your child because that gets in the way of the relationship that's not where you lean with that this is um this also makes me think that i my my mother-in-law actually um said something to us in a conversation after we left religion like i knew she was very you know, hurt and concerned and worried. And because I had been in the religion, I knew what the religion told people about why people leave mm -hmm. that in specific to mine, it was like, oh, they leave to rebel or they leave because they've been offended. They have all these reasons they give that you tell the, the members, this is why people leave the church. Except that most of the people I know that have left the church, like none of those reasons are true. So I remember having a conversation with her where I wanted to reassure her because I knew about this and I said, you know, I hope you know, we, we did not leave because we were offended. We didn't leave to rebel. Like I went through all the things that the church says. And she said to me, oh, I've never once thought that. She said, I know you and I know that you are very conscientious and that you don't make decisions lightly. So I would never think that. And that was so beautiful to hear. Mm -hmm. 
because even though I knew she had sadness and concern, along with that was she still saw us for who we are, respected it, and didn't think didn't think poorly of us in some dictated way. She she was like, I know these guys. They don't. This is not something they would take lightly. So she could still appreciate that. And I've always appreciated that she said that to me. Yeah, it's really something that's really special, you know, that she would acknowledge that. So that's the glue for that relationship, yes. despite the shift, right? And yeah. that, that's the difference. Or your friend saying this happened at church. You know the difference between that or if someone's like baiting you. Yes. This happened at church. And they look at you to say like, are you going to get mad that I mentioned church? Or Yes, yes. It's kind of like... Um... I, I'm thinking right in my mind as you talk about that, like somebody shows up at my door with like a plate of cookies. I can tell you if this is a please come back to church plate of cookies oh. or if this is like, I just love you and know you love these cookies and thought your kids would appreciate it. It's yeah. a really big difference and you can sense it. And I just very much appreciate those, you know, real, true relationships of the heart. I even call this friend of mine that I'm thinking of, like she is my like... Oh, friend of the heart. Like we connected the day we met and it's never stopped. If anything, it's gotten stronger and stronger. Um, yeah, it's just th those cookies are cookies. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> well, I know that the letter writer said this is lonely. And mm -hmm. also I want to tell you how common this is. This mm -hmm. comes up a lot in the work that we do that a lot of people are going through this and we do have an entire mini loop dedicated to religious trauma. So if you feel like that would be helpful, that is available to you. And I think you're doing all the right things to find support for yourself in mm -hmm. this one layer, this added layer that is hard in this change. Warmly, Cardigan Academy. You can submit your own Dear Cardigan Academy letter at cardiganacademy.com. 